This is The Playbook. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs The Playbook, and I am so excited for so many different reasons. We always are talking about money on The Playbook and how people make money, but I got some serious cash flowing today. We have Swin Cash, the Vice President of Basketball Operations for the incredible New Orleans Pelicans, and I should say Nolans Pelicans, uh, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Famer, three-time WNBA champion, Swin Cash. Welcome to The Playbook. Thanks for having me, David. Appreciate you. Now, I don't know if you know this about me, but I was a college football player. Um, and what I did on the field was nothing compared to what you did on the court. But I learned more about myself in order to empower uh, other people in my life. And the lessons I learned on that field, as by the way, I, I used to say I was an average Division three football player. But I talked to my Division three football coach. He said, you're giving yourself too much credit, Dave. You're you're a man of radical humility. Let everybody know you were below average. Uh, and uh, I so I do now tell you, but regardless of whether I was average or below average, uh, it has enabled me what I learned on the field to help so many people um, with the idea of consistent, persistent pursuit. And I see a lot, a lot of the same characteristics, although your basement, your skills and knowledge of your game was much higher than my basement. Our deltas are hopefully uh, similar in nature. Um, for you, how important was it while you were playing to be able to realize the power that you were garnering in order to effectuate your future and young people, especially women's future as well? I think for me, a lot of the journey, I like to say it was a humble journey, um, is that I was able to see the beauty in people caring about me, uh, not just my success on the court, but how I was developing as a young woman, how I attacked my academics, how I was, um, my interactions were with other people. And I just felt that having that love and that support and that community was vital in my development, which as I became an adult and professional athlete, I always wanted to make sure I was reaching and giving back. And that was instilled in me at a very young age. And it was something that was important to me as I ran Lee Steinberg, the sports agency and required every single athlete that we represented to give back to the community. And now you're launching your own community for women. Uh, and I was curious about the name because you're calling it, she's got time and I'm a time freak. And so I was wondering why you decided to name it. She's got time. I think a lot of times people like to put women into this box and, um, they like to say what it is that you can't do, why you can't do it. If you want to have a family, if you want to do this, there's never enough time, right? And so when I actually launched my podcast back in uh, 2018, I wanted to call it She's Got Time because I wanted to speak to different women across different, um, from businesses to housewives to CEOs, um, and just really show that we do have time. Um, you know, you hear that line, She's Got Time, and it's empowering to me because it's letting you know that you have time for the things that you want to do. If you want a career, if you want to have a family, if you want to be um, a boss, if you want to be a stay-at-home mom, you can find the time to do those things for yourself and for your family. You know, it's interesting because I use these lenses that I learned from my mom. And you know, I said that you're impacting both young women and men um, because no one's had more impact on me 
and I grew up with four brothers and a sister than my single mom who had time to work two jobs as a second grade teacher uh, and filling up turnstiles with greeting cards at convenience stores while she packed our dinners in a station wagon so we could eat. Uh, but that, I'm getting choked up, impact me as a young man. And I think it's really important uh, for leaders like you to utilize their notoriety and successes uh, to have an impact both on young women and young men uh, to build this community. Uh, we used to take, for example, Evander Holyfield because when he did a PSA, a public service announcement about you know real men don't hit women, it had a much bigger impact uh, than somebody else that nobody knew uh, would have. And you standing up and talking about uh, the weighted balance and prioritization of women and allowing people to feel comfortable within the community is so important. Now, you're launching She's Got Time uh, at the same time as Collision in, in, in Canada, actually, June 28th through 30th. Mm -hmm. uh, what does the launch entail for all of those other entrepreneurs that are looking at building communities, which is for me the number one priority for any brand, communities key. What are some of the components of this launch? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing, if you look at the pillars that we have for She's Got Time, and if you want to learn more about it, you can go to She's Got Time dot uh, com, is that we're we're very authentic. We, as we try to build this ecosystem, this community. Um, we want to make sure that we are giving women the real, right? We want to have a cultural driven. We want to have those tough conversations. We want to talk to women about all the different facets of women in sports. And people think about sports and they think about basketball or football operations. They don't think about the brands that deal with the sports teams, the women that work on those teams. They don't think about the league, women that work in, in that area. And so we're focused on building the community very authentic, true to who we are. We have in real life experiences. We also have our digital footprint on all social platforms. You can go to LinkedIn, you can go to our social, all those things and, and learn more about uh, She's Got Time. And then the next part of that will be kind of how we produce, how we storytell. That's a very big piece for me. You mentioned being um, a young boy and your mom. I have two sons. And so people look at me and they say, man, Swin is such an advocate for women, but I'm also an advocate for young boys understanding how to be allies, how to support other women. And so it is vital for me not to only uplift our young women, but to also make sure I'm teaching our young men what it is to be a support for your sister, for your mom, uh, for your wife, whatever the case may be. So She's Got Time is a platform, David that women who are who are in sports, who touch sport on a different, whether you're at an agency, all those different things I talked about, you have the ability to come together, have that cross-pollination and learn what it means to be in these different areas. The one thing that I always say people tend to forget is just because I work in sports on a, at a league level, that doesn't mean my skill set cannot be transferable to a team or to a brand. And so I want us to really have an opportunity to come together with the summit but you're gonna see more uh, different events of how we support women throughout the country. And that's what this organization really is about. And you have the most heralded uh, players and execs coming to your event. Some of my friends, Sue Bird and Tamika and others coming. Um, but you know, as a middle-aged white male who grew up in sports and as an executive in sports for so many years, I personally, who complete mama's boy, self-admitted, uh, and with three daughters, myself, uh, and, and one boy, uh, I still have a lot to unlearn. And 
speaking of she's got time, uh, we all we also have to have time because we have to have time for people like you uh, to impact and influence in order to make it more of a norm. You know, I remember when Robin Roberts was the first sports analyst that I saw uh, in sports and it was uncomfortable for me to see a woman telling me about sports. And I'm just being honest at the time as a young man, it was uncomfortable. Now it's just given the same way as my business partner, Warren Moon, it was uncomfortable for some people to see a, a black quarterback. Uh, and he's still the only black quarterback in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, we have to have patience with persistence. Um, as someone who is a leader and is going to plant seeds under trees that I may never see or sit under, you know, what are you doing to not only have the persistent pursuit side of it, but allow yourself to have patience so that these changes, as you know, because history never changes, human nature never changes in history, it will happen, but we have to combine or reconcile the patience with the persistence. I think the beauty in it is being here in New Orleans and having an atmosphere where I can work with the Pelicans and, and do my job and, and have fun and have impact on the lives of our players and our organization but to also have this passion and this advocacy that I'm able to also pour into and to see it grow. And I think it comes from a very authentic place. Um, it comes from a very humbling place because I've lived it and continue to live it. And so uh, change sometimes that does not occur for yourself, but if you're doing it with true purpose, the ones behind you will reap the benefits and that's what it's truly about. I'm reaping the benefits now of those that came before me who paved the way um, and so I think you have to think with that kind of forward thinking in mind as you're doing work like this, as you're trying to come together as a collective and not only make your space better, but make the world, our country better for women who want to have careers in sports. And you are someone who elevates others to elevate yourself and your mission uh, is also to elevate. Uh, how did you derive the mission for uh, she's got time. Uh, what were either the experiences or perception that you have in order to effectuate this idea of elevation within the community? Yeah, I think the biggest thing has been just doing a lot of listening, listening learns before we even got started. Um, as I was going last year into the Mason Basketball Hall of Fame, one of the things I wanted to think about was how do I, how am I being intentional with my time after this? One chapter was closing as far as my playing career. And then now at the executive level, what does that look like? And so as I went around uh, back to my hometown around the country, talking to different individuals, I learned that um, not all women, especially women of color, um, didn't feel comfortable in organizations like they were talking to them or some of their issues. And so for me, She's Got Time had to cast a wider net. It was important to not be afraid to have tough conversations or to share information. Um, or to help women from different backgrounds, socioeconomics, whatever the case may be, learn that there's always a common thread that we can always get to. And so that's when She's Got Time started coming about. And in November, we launched in a soft launch. And we're doing it kind of reverse, David, where people don't come out with a huge summit right away. But when I tell you, I, I put up that bat signal and said, ladies, I need help. This is what I'm trying to do. And the support, you're going to get me choked up here, the support of some of these speakers, we have like 30 women and men who said, what do you need? I got you. They didn't question, I'm there. What do you need? 
And that to me was a reflection of just being a good person throughout your career and in your life to have people that want to come and support and believe in a vision without even hearing the ins and outs, just tell me what you need. That was very powerful for me. Well-deserved as well. And part of the reason I desperately wanted you to come on here as well is to share that light with so many people as your representation off the court had preceded you uh, for some of the friends that we share and you were a must have on the playbook for that reason. One of the other things that you view uh, that I think so important is failure. Uh, I've had some really big ones in my life uh, as well. And I think it's really important uh, if we're going to be persistent in the pursuit of this, you know, equality uh, of oneness that I think is attainable. Um, how do you view failure? Uh, you you know lost as many games as you've won in, in things in your life, but I think it's important to share that perspective as well. Yeah, I used to used to say a lot this thing with my mom. It was uh, when I was younger to give up is to fail. Although in losing you may have still won, because within you've captured you've captured yourself of you've captured the fear of never giving up, and. I look at failure as opportunity to learn and to get better. We're always striving to evolve. If you're standing still, you're not moving forward towards your goal. And so um, every year, only one team can win a championship. Every year, there may only be one person that can be elected president, um, student council, whatever the case may be. And so if you are not learning through the process, then you're not evolving to your highest level of elevation. And that's how I look at it. It hurts, doesn't feel good. There's been many a times where I've been planted on my face crying and just angry and just hurt. You lose some big ones. But man, when I tell you, people never remember how you fall. They only remember how you get back up. There's not many people that remember how you go down. But when you get back up, that's the story that everybody loves. And so having that kind of perspective has been tremendous for me. One of the other attributes that you have is a common denominator of what I call the spirit of excellence. I've been blessed, I think, to do 1,400 of these shows alone, let alone thousands of others of interviews with the billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers like yourself. But they all have one thing. It's a desire that they must be what they can be within their own self, whether they're a WNBA champion, an all-star, a Hall of Famer, a billionaire, or broke. There's just people that have a desire that they must be what they can be. And when you combine that with skills and knowledge, it becomes unstoppable. Uh, whether it's Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, or you, you all share this unbelievable competitive spirit uh, that takes things to the next level. Um, how do you think you have developed uh, an innate, authentic love for competition, which I saw when you were in college and a pro and now I see even to the fact of getting you on the playbook you know as you were in the playoffs it was like the entire organization is like no 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 we can't come on till after we win this thing and I love that and so for that love of competition you know where does that come from and how important is it to your success and the community's success yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think I'll start with the beginning. Um, the excellent piece that you talked about. I don't ever want to leave this earth 
I want to, I want to get to those pearly gates and God say, job well done. Like I want to squeeze everything out of this life for my purpose of why I'm here every single day. And that's not competing with others. That is trying to do what I'm called to do. Um, the competition part. I mean, my mom's one of 12. I have 75 first cousins. That was the count back in the nineties. I have like eight boy cousins that I went to school around the same time. And so there was a lot of sports. Sports was our thing. That's how we stayed out of trouble. That's how we uh, stayed competitive. And I love it. Um, I ran track and field and that was fine. I was in control of that as an individual. But when I tell you to be on a team and to watch somebody else success, um, I'll never forget watching when in our 2003 WNBA championship. And I remember Carl Malone being there. And I remember just Cheryl Ford was his daughter on my team. And I remember the look in her eyes and her spirit. And I had also had some, you know, things with my dad just growing up. But that was such a special moment for her. And I remember her like getting this and one and passing the ball inside and going through different things in that game. But I knew the weight that she was carrying. And so to see her success and see us winning, um, that brought me just as much joy. And I tell people all the time, they think that people who win a lot or who get to a certain level, that they're just completely selfish. Or some people even say, oh, you're narcissistic people that have, you have to have a certain different kind of mind to have that level um, of passion. And I don't believe that. Um, I believe that you can climb to the top and still be able to be a humble servant and care about other people. Um, and that's not for everybody, but that's just, I feel like how I'm built in my DNA. And I thank God for that daily. And I believe that's the reason where you are today with the successes that you have and the amount of people that you're impact. And that's why so many people showed up, but even more importantly, why you were connected emotionally when you talked about it, because your authentic self, the humility, the vulnerability of allowing people to know what's important to you is what is important to other people and to create a legacy on the court is one thing, uh, but to carry it forward and create one off the court is truly a sign of an abundant superstar, one that is, uh, it, it is for me just an honor to have you here. Swin Cash, front office legend of the Nolans Pelicans and NBA, WNBA Hall of Famer. Uh, please, everyone, let's support uh, the new She's Got Time. Go to She's Got Time.com. Uh, the launch uh, is June 28th through 30th. And the inaugural event has every superstar imaginable showing up for Swin. Please let me know how I can be of uh, service and support you in any way that I can. What an incredible interview. Thanks for joining me, Swin, here on The Playbook.